Okay, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> it's, uh, after yesterday, my plane in San Diego left three hours late because of storms in Denver, and I uh, didn't get in till 3.45 this morning. So in terms of trying to follow the health message myself, I'm already quite a bit behind. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, but it, it's a wonderful opportunity that we have to, to discuss this morning how to more effectively take advantage of the gift that we've been given as a Seventh-day Adventist church with uh, the, the health message. So many people think of the health message, especially in the church setting, as, as the right arm of the gospel, but it's, it's the closed fist of the right arm of the gospel that is, that is basically saying, you have to do this, or else you're not going to be in favor with God. And that's one reason that so many people in, so, uh, in more and more generations within our church now have essentially rejected the health message. It's no longer relevant to them because it doesn't bring them closer to Jesus. It actually separates them from Jesus in their mind. And, and so what was the purpose of the health message? To bring us closer to Jesus, to give, to give us a, a greater opportunity to use the, the, the potential that God created in us, physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, and spiritually, to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in our body and for the world, to be a showcase to the world. And so, so it's critical that, that we be able to present the health message in a very favorable way as something that is desirable to the average person, especially in our church, because I don't think it's a secret to most of us that most people in our church don't look at our health message favorably. They see it as legalistic, and don't talk to me about that. And so we have a real challenge to learn how to present that in a way that people walk away and say, yes, I want to do that. I want to follow. This makes sense to me now. Now, the, the science makes sense. There's evolutionists right now at University of California, San Diego, that are doing a better job at presenting our health message than we are. Okay? They're bold about it. They're saying they're excited about learning new things, and, and they, they, they become evolutionists because they want to study where we came from so we can better understand where we are now, what the meaning of life is, and where we're headed. You think people like that would be open to what we have to share with them? We know so much more about our origins, why we're here, and where we're going. And so those, are, those scientists, those, those medical experts, are the ones that are ultimately going to be more interested in what we have. But if we're not bold about it, they're going to take all this health information and work it into their paradigm, their context, because we haven't shared with them the most important context, which is how it relates to our true origins and the fact that we are created by a loving God who wants to have a relationship with us that, that wants us to succeed and wants us to ultimately live with him forever. Can it get any better than that? So, so we've, uh, Karen and I have had a wonderful opportunity over the last two years to work together in, in our health ministries. 
Karen's been doing vegetarian cooking schools for a long time within the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And as you all realize, when you start talking about doing a vegetarian cooking school within the Seventh-day Adventist Church setting, the, the, you know, our local church, that's going to cause a little buzz, right? Okay, can I bring something? Oh, I don't know if I can bring anything because is it going to be just right? You know, okay, can we bring this? Can we bring that? And so it, it creates a lot of challenges. But we should embrace resistance, right? And again, bring them along by showing them what the medical evidence, what the latest science is showing. And we're going to be sharing some of that with you this morning to, to get, give you uh, more excitement about what's happening. Uh, first, we want to show you an eight-minute segment of Naturally Gourmet. This is one of many examples now on how we can use our health message to impact the world. And I had a pleasure to, to be a co-host with Karen in, in her, um, her TV program that's now airing on Hope Channel. And, uh, and this is an opportunity of what we can do in our homes. These are things that we can actually show on our TV at home the group of friends or neighbors or coworkers, and then cook it together after you've done the show. Now, now, cook that food together and then sit down and get to know each other. And that's what the health message is all about, ultimately, is the relationships. Once we start building relationships and they start asking us. I, I had a colleague of mine. He's about 15 years younger than I am, and he's going bald. And he, he wrote me an email. He texted me. He says, he said, Wes, um, uh, how, come, how come you still have all the air at age 50? <laughs> so he said, uh, he's a family physician, and he goes, uh, maybe, maybe, just, maybe eating chicken isn't really worthwhile. Okay? Okay? And I'm not sure where he got that, but he, he was thinking, maybe, maybe it, you know, I get this pleasure, this short-term pleasure from eating this chicken, but, but he's been really studying the literature, and he's been learning that there are things in, in meat products that actually what? They speed the aging process, and they slow the healing process. We're going to be looking at those a little bit today. But first, let's show that eight-minute segment about how we can get excited about, about our health message. Fresh blueberries are one of the highest fruits of Welcome to Naturally Gourmet. I'm Karen Houghton, and joining me is Dr. Wes Youngberg. Welcome. And my daughter-in-law, Sandra Houghton. We're going to be doing some ethnic foods today, a pesto pizza, and some fajitas, mm. and some Mediterranean food, pita bread, with tzatziki on top, and it's going to be loaded with vegetables. Really tasty foods and fun foods. So we're going to start with our pesto pizza, and we've made a, a homemade pizza crust, and we've uh, got some whole grains in this crust, and uh, we add a little bit of Italian seasoning to it, and we're just going to press this out in the pan like this, and I'm going to ask Sandra if she would go ahead and finish doing this crust while I move on over and do the pesto sauce. That crust is not only more tasty, but it's also more filling, more satisfying. 
Yes, it is. It's got more fiber in it than your traditional pizza crust. Okay, our pesto sauce is made with a half a cup of pine nuts. And, you know, most pesto sauces are made with pine nuts, but I just want you to know that you can use walnuts as well. And if you're on a budget, walnuts are a whole lot cheaper than pine nuts are. It tastes just the same. You'll never know the difference, no matter which nut you use. But this time we're going to use the pine nuts, so we'll add that to our blender. Let's see if you can get that off for me, Dr. Young. Either way, that's that going up. to provide a lot of healthy fat and healthy protein to, again, give a sense of satisfaction. To that's right. It's, you're going to feel good and full when you're done with this. Now a third cup of olive oil, and olive oil is so good for you and loaded with antioxidants. Good for memory. Good, good for, for the brain in general. Okay, we're just about to a third of a cup of the olive oil. The extra virgin olive oil is what we use here. Get that into the blender. And then one to two cloves of garlic. There's that good garlic. Can't get away from the garlic. Love garlic. You know, that extra virgin olive oil is what actually gives you all those healthy ingredients. So the more, it's the first cold press of the olive that has all those natural ingredients that are good for the brain and the heart and increased HDL cholesterol, lower the risk of heart disease. I'm just going to cut these up a little bit. Although in a Vitamix, you don't even have to cut them up. I don't know what kind of blender you have. Vitamix will just pulverize things like that. So it's really a nice blender to have. Okay, and then a half a teaspoon of salt. Let's get our salt in there. All right, and two cups of fresh basil. Basil, oh, it smells so good in the kitchen. And I just went down and picked a bunch of basil this morning out of my garden. You can grow basil just about anywhere. Just stick a few plants in in the ground and boy, you've got it. And you can freeze dry it too or, or dehydrate it and you can have it all year long. What is um, basil high in? Basil is very high in vitamin K. And Dr. Youngberg, tell us what vitamin K is good well, for. You know, anytime you have deep green leafy vegetables, that's the most important food for our diet. So we should have it every day. It's uh, vitamin K is gonna be good for preventing calcium buildup in your arteries. Make sure that calcium gets into your bones where it's supposed to be, so it's good for osteoporosis. Um, and it has high calcium as well. So it has the vitamin K that gets the calcium into the bones, not into the heart or the tendons where we don't want them to be. It's a great tasting medicine too. Oh yeah, it's a good tasting mm, medicine. It smells awesome. Oh, it smells yeah. awesome. It even has vitamin A in it too. So it's just packed with nutrition. So now I'm going to put this blender on and let it roll until everything is very well blended. Okay. And I'm going to need my scraper, too, to get it. Okay, so I'm going to put this on, start it on low, and then crank it up to high. Pesto sauce all done. It's nice and bright green. Bright green. Now we're going to take this finished pizza crust. And what I do is I make a pizza crust and then I partially bake it about, oh, 15 minutes in the 375 
oven. And um, so it's partially brown already. And then I add the fresh pesto sauce and spread this over the crust. Well, just that crust alone would be a tasty meal. Oh, it is. I tell you, when this is baking in the oven, your neighbors are going to want to come over and join you. It just smells so good. Dr. Younger, what is the benefits of eating a pizza that's like this and much healthier than the regular yeah, you know, there, there's a, a myth in the nutritional world that there's no good or bad food. Anything in moderation is okay. That's kind of like saying there's no good and bad habit. It's pretty ridiculous. This is an excellent example of taking something that normally, the average pizza is going to be high in saturated fat, all kinds of artery clogging fat, mm -hmm. bad for your heart, bad for inflammation, bad for arthritis, and it turns it into a food that's actually good for everything. And it's also really tasty. And that's the key. We want to make sure that we're eating healthy food, but it's really tasty. And that's one thing that Karen's done in her recipes. I'm really going to enjoy this food. Okay, now we're just going to add some fresh sliced tomatoes to the top of this. And I think I'm going to have Sandra go ahead and finish slicing these while I start putting the other toppings on. Okay. We'll add some fresh onions to this. I've always liked onions on my pizza. And then we're going to add some olives. We put some black olives on. And we're going to add some green olives. I love the natural green olives. They're so tasty. And we've got the green natural olives here. Getting a little more color on this pizza as we go. If you like olives, like me, I put a lot of olives on my pizza, but I just love them. And then I'm um, going to add some artichoke hearts. Just sliced some of those up and put a few on top of this as well. So almost everything that you're putting on here has some natural fiber in it. Yes, it does. There's fiber in the crust and then fiber in just about everything else we're putting on this pizza. And. Now we'll just top it with a few tomato slices. And we're just about ready to put this in the oven. One of the reasons that regular pizza can be uh, bad for our health is that it, it, it really doesn't, isn't packed in the nutrition that this is. And when you don't get nutrients in your food, you tend to overeat. Yes. When you eat this way, you're not going to overeat. No, and there's no cholesterol in this pizza. As you know, most pizzas are just loaded in saturated fat. They're loaded with cholesterol from all the heavy cheese that's put on the pizza. There's no cheese on this pizza, and so you don't even have to worry about it. You can eat this pizza and enjoy it and love the flavors that are in it, and it's not hurting you in any way. It's actually healthy for you. So I hope you'll try this, and don't go away because we're coming right back. As you can see, we had a good time doing that show. It was actually the hardest thing that I'd ever done, and I was only working about a third as hard as Karen was. So it must have been really tough for her, but it was, it was a great experience. Karen, would you come up in, and talk a little bit uh, this morning about, about how you do this in the church setting? How, tell us about your ministry and why you do it. Okay. Um, 
hope that my mic is on. Can you hear me? I'm on. I am turned on. Maybe you can crank the volume up just a little bit. Um, I actually was motivated to do cooking school by coming to an ASI convention. This is our 27th convention that we've come to in a row. And um, about 15 years ago, we were here, and I was at a seminar that Mark Finley was doing, and it was called Making Friends for God. And I got so motivated after hearing that seminar, I, I said to the Lord, Lord, I've got to be able to do some kind of ministry in our community. I just felt like I really needed to do this. And um, so I got on my knees when I got home, and I prayed about it. And while I was on my knees, the Lord impressed me that I should do cooking school. And actually, my junior year in college, we did, in community health nursing, we did do some, some cooking schools, and I really enjoyed that very much. But I, I said to the Lord, Lord, you know I'm not a speaker. I'm a nurse. I'm not a speaker. But then he brought to my mind the promise that I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. And then he also brought the promise to my mind that I will put my words in your mouth, and I claim that promise as well. And so every time I have done a cooking school, I claim those promises, and every time I get up to speak, the fear is gone because God takes it. And so I'm very grateful for that. Um, I have done cooking schools. I have done home remedies classes. I've done bread baking classes and have really made a lot of friends in our community. And when Dr. Youngberg and his family uh, moved to town, he started to join me in my cooking classes and also gave health lectures. And then I have gone to his clinic and have done food demos for his diabetic classes, for his depression classes. Um, he has wellness classes. And so the people there are just thirsting and they're hungry for our health message. And I'll tell you, we have a health message that is second to none. I, I believe that. I just want to share a couple of experiences with you. Um, Several years ago, there was a prominent businessman in our town, and he was diagnosed with cancer. He had never been to any of my cooking classes, but he had heard about them. And so he found his way to our office. How he found it, I'll have no idea, but I was not working that day, and he left a message with our secretary. So I gave him a call, and he just wanted to know what he could do to boost his immune system. He said, I'm taking chemotherapy, and he said, I, I need some help. So I took the pastor's wife with me. I made up a large gift basket and filled it with homemade bread, some homemade soup, tucked a Bible promise in there, um, some nuts and some fresh fruit, and went to their home. We were able to sit in their living room, talk with them, and I could share with them our simple health principles of fresh air, water, exercise, how you can decrease your risk for almost all kinds of disease with a regular exercise program. You can reduce your risk for disease by about 50% just simple little things that we know that most people don't know. We were able to pray with that family in their home, and I thought to myself, if I had never done a cooking school, I would have never had that opportunity. And where do the people look for help? They come to the Seventh-day Adventists. I also had the uh, privilege of taking a loaf of bread to one of my neighbors. She and her husband were building a brand new home, uh, very you know, a little ways away from our house, and they were living in their fifth wheel trailer. And so I said to Dan, let's go visit them and take them a loaf of bread. Well, when I got to the door, knocked on the door, and she opened the door, and she threw her arms around me and hugged me. 
I had never even seen this lady before. She was so excited to see us, and she took that loaf of bread. She said, we don't know anybody in this town. We don't know a soul. We became very fast friends. And actually, her husband died of cancer at a young age, in his 60s. And before he died, he asked my husband to speak at his funeral, and he asked us to do the music for his funeral in the Calvary Chapel Church. Now his wife is helping me with cooking classes, and um, she comes to our widow's night that we have once a month in our church, and she's becoming more involved, even though she's still very involved in her church, she's becoming more open and more involved with our church as well. So I'm telling you, it is a door opener like nothing I've ever seen. One other uh, short experience I want to share with you. I went to Phoenix, Arizona to do a, um, a cooking school for Sean Boonstra before he came and did an evangelistic series. The first night of the classes, I always do the importance of eating a good breakfast, a healthy breakfast with grains, uh, nuts, seeds, fruits. And then I also talked on exercise and the important of ex importance of exercise. Well, the next week when I had a class, this one lady during the question and answer time raised her hand and she said, could I just share my experience with the rest of the class? And I said, sure. Of course, you never know what they're going to say, so it's a little nerve-wracking. But this lady got up and she said, our family always ate a big supper late at night. And she said, um, in the morning, we were so tired, she said, we would just get up in just enough time to throw our clothes on and get out the door and go to work and school. We never ate breakfast. And she said, after hearing your talk last week, she said, I went home and talked to the family and asked them if they would be willing to make this change. And she said, they all were. So she said, we cut way back on our evening meal. Supper had a light supper. And she said, um, the next morning, we got up and I had a big breakfast made for everyone. And she said, we all went for a walk, the whole family. She said, we have done that every day since the meeting last week. I can't tell you the difference it's made in our family. She said, we have energy and we feel like living again. And I thought, wow, that is really cool to have someone from the class get up and say in one week's time what it's done for their family. So these are just simple little principles that we all know that other people are anxious to know. Now the Hope Channel came and talked to me about a year, year and a half ago and asked if I would be willing to do some cooking shows, which we did uh, last fall. And I was so fortunate to have Dr. Youngberg living in the area and going to our church and asked him to co-host with me. And throughout the program, every time I would be making a certain recipe, and, and we try to do recipes that are very high in fiber. We're supposed to get 40 grams of fiber a day. Most people only get about 10 grams a day. So we tried to incorporate recipes that are high in fiber, and not just high in fiber, but high in flavor. Because I can tell you I've had some recipes that didn't taste too good. I'm sure they were good for you, but they didn't taste very good. And you know, if they don't taste good, people aren't going to eat them. It doesn't matter how good they are. They've got to taste good. And so that has been my goal. And um, they asked me to do if I'd have a cookbook, so I have developed a cookbook as well that goes with it. And I felt it was so important. I did two pages on fiber, just how much fiber is in vegetables, fruits, nuts, grains, so people can kind of keep track of um, what they're getting every day. Now, not only is it important to have healthy food and tasty food, but knowledge is important. And Dr. Youngberg is going to share with us today the importance of the foods that you're eating and how they can affect your genetics and how it can boost your immune system 
and actually change your genetics. And Dr. Youngberg, I'd like you to share that with us just now, if you would. Comedy of errors, okay. Things like to get switched around a lot. Um, So, um, what is so important about our health message? Why did God give it to us? Have, have, you, have you read the, the early writings of the young leaders of our church trying to accomplish this Herculean effort, printing tracts, farming at the same time, traveling, doing seminars, revelation programs. What was happening to them? They were getting sick. They were having strokes. They, they, uh, the devil was working really hard to prevent this message, this end-time message from getting out. And so one of, one of the key things that God did, he wanted to introduce through visions, through Ellen White, to give us a message that first showed us how we could improve our ability to do God's will on this earth. How can we, how can we effectively spread the gospel if we're sick half the time? How can we expect to attract a sick and dying world if we're no healthier than they are? So God gave us this message at a, at a specific time so that we could be a showcase of what God wants for his children. It's a gift. It's a love gift from God. It is not, as I mentioned earlier, something you better do, you're not going to make it to heaven. Okay? This, is, this is something that he's sharing. It's, it's not the closed fist of the right arm of the gospel. It's the open hand where Christ is beckoning us. Here, this is for you. This is an opportunity for you to dramatically improve your health, to experience the joy and the pleasure of restoration body, mind, and spirit. I was recently at a graduation party at our church. And a young man had graduated from high school, from a local uh, high school. And, and one of the questions, we were just having fun on a Saturday night with the church family. 
including the youth. It's so critical to do that. One of the questions that was being asked of, of mother-child pairs. Okay? So here's the mother and the graduating student. One of the questions was, what's his favorite food? So they had to see if they could match that. And uh, it was lighthearted discussion, and, and one of the, uh, one of the um, answers was pepperoni pizza. And then as soon as the words got out, it was like, oop, shouldn't have said that, should have. It was, it was you know, it was kind of like, well, I'm not supposed to do this. There's some, there's some, you know, ancient law that probably was nailed to the cross, right, that says that you're not supposed to eat pork, okay? But apparently that had never been explained in a way that was rational, that was practical, that made a difference in the life of that high school senior. He's a good guy. Come out to gym night uh, twice, twice uh, a month and play basketball. We had a good time, but there was a disconnect. Is that unusual? There is a huge disconnect within our church with the real practical significance of this gift of love that we've been given. In a little bit, we're gonna, I'm going to be showing you some information that's, that's brand new information. An evolutionist at University of California, San Diego, Dr. Varkey, showing that, that as we consume certain foods, it actually changes our genetic structure. It doesn't just change the way the genes work. It actually changes. It, it, Whole, whole segments of genes from meat products are being transferred right into our human genome. Does that change the game? Does that change up? Whoa, wait a minute. This isn't just some rule that, you know, God was using as a way to see who was on his side or not. How, how many of you are parents? How many rules have you made for your kids that were simply rules to see if they would obey you for life? <laughs> that had, had nothing to do with protecting your kid? So don't touch that. Why? Just because I said so. Just because I don't want you to touch that. Just because I'm in control and you're not. Okay? Or is it because if you touch that, you're going to burn your finger, and it's going to hurt. And I love you, and I don't want you to be in pain. Which answer is going to be more meaningful to that child? Especially as they get to be about 12, 13, 14, right? And so when, when we were given this information in, in, the, in the Bible, when we're given this information in, in the testimonies to our church, those aren't designed to, for God to control us. God is saying, be careful. The choices that you make are going to have a real physical, physiologic, biochemical, pathologic influence on you. I want you to be healthy. I desperately want to, you to be healthy. I'm your father. 
I want to see you succeed beyond what you would ever imagine yourself. This isn't just about what I want versus what God wants. This is about us recognizing that what God wants for us is so much better than what we could ever imagine. That's why he gave us this health message, is to present it in that light. And so we have a world where there's a lot of hopelessness, and health is right on top of that. We're coming into an age very quickly where people are not going to be able to get good medical attention. Right? Okay. Do we have an answer for that? Have we been given ample information on how to deal with this crisis that's soon to come upon this world? Absolutely. That's, that's why the, the health message was given to us. Can I regain my health? Can you regain your health? Can my neighbor, who's now searching for answers, who recognizes that the system is not going to take care of them, Are they going to come to us for answers? Have they seen something in us that suggests that maybe we will have the answers? We're in a preparation time, folks, a critical, critical preparation time. And the, I just want to be, I always forget to do this. So I'm putting this right up front, okay? I want you to be aware of various resources that are available. First of all, Karen just shared with you some uh, great information about how she uses Okay, cooking schools in her ministry in her local church. Naturallygourmet.com gives you a lot of information. Um, I can't tell you how many of my patients have walked away with their book and said, wow, I never dreamt that, it, that changing my diet would actually be fun. <laughs> Have you ever heard that it's actually harder to change somebody's religion than it is to change their diet? <laughs> there's, such, there's some truth to that. Okay? And part of the reason is because you haven't given me a good enough reason to change. And even if it's a rational reason, I'm not sure I can really handle that change. And so as Karen mentioned, it has to be fun. It has to be enjoyable. It has to somehow bring greater joy and pleasure to us so that we don't naturally, naturally move towards following our desires or our normal inclinations to get that temporary joy and pleasure from things that we know are destroying us, right? We have to provide something that's better and gives lasting joy. So check, check out naturallygourmet.com. If you're, if you're looking for downloadable information that's very similar to, we're just going to have 45 minutes here about the, the latest studies and so forth, but... There's, there's about 20 hours of that information available, dryoungberg.com. And I have had the privilege for the last eight, nine years working with my parents, Drs. John and Millie Youngberg, second row, <laughs> um, uh, retired professors, educators at Andrews University, um, who, who have been very involved in, in family life and marriage enrichment programs for many decades. And they recognize that we need to bring it all together. And my dad pointed out to me over 10 years ago, he says that typically what happens is that we, um, we follow the biologic 
eight natural remedy model, which is awesome, but it's not complete. We just, we just talk about, about nutrition and exercise and water and sunlight and freedom and air and rest and then trust in God. And, and that's kind of where it is. But really, if you look at the, at the actual ministry of healing model, if you read through the ministry of healing carefully, there is more information on family life and mind cure and, and all these other areas that oftentimes we don't address. And so for, for nearly a decade, we've been working at incorporating materials that can be used by health professionals, by lay people, by pastors, by people in our church that are passionate about sharing the message, the, the holistic health message to their community, using uh, out of their homes, out of their church, uh, et cetera. And so we're, we're, we're looking at, at not just the biologic factors, but also the, the relational factors. You know, am I using appreciation effective? What's the research on appreciation? Did you know there's all kinds of medical research on how appreciation and joy, okay, and, and social support influences our health? Did you know that having a sense of acceptance and, and true Social support is more important to somebody's longevity than whether they drink alcohol or smoke or are obese or are sedentary. In fact, it's more important than all those put together. Wow. Okay? So, so we have to be real careful. Okay? If we come in with our health message, you know, like, you better start doing this, you know, or you're not going to be healthy. Right? Okay, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go over to your house because you're not eating right. Well, we're actually destroying their health. We're showing very conditional acceptance. And we're not being very good models of the health message that God has given to us. Okay, you see that love is the core of this. Each one of these 21 plus factors has an entire presentation, all the research, everything, so you can give it with all the PowerPoint slides, over a thousand PowerPoint slides like these that you can use and interchange and do, make it fit your approach to doing presentations. Small groups, large groups, whatever you like to do. Bringing in a health professional or a pastor or another lay person, doing it together like Karen and I do so often. Um, so there, there is a synergy that if we don't follow, we don't get the results. There's so much research on this lately that uh, we've, we've heard that if you have one workhorse pulling a load, it can pull two tons behind it. But if you yoke two workhorses together, now they can pull 23 tons. Two plus two doesn't equal four. It equals 23. Okay, and so, so some people are really good, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exercise every day, and that's my, that's my wellness program. But as soon as I get home, I'm kicking the dog and yelling at my wife, and, you know, yelling at my kids for not getting their jobs done. Where's the benefit, ultimately? What's the synergy? And so we need, to, we need to learn how to look at all the ministry of healing model for holistic wellness. 
And ultimately, the, the, the focus of love will attract people to Jesus. The whole purpose of the Win Wellness series is evangelistic. It's the whole purpose. Okay? It's using the gifts that God has given us. The, 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 the science, the medical science that's currently available, presenting that, okay? uh, telling stories that attract people's attention, and then seamlessly waving that information into the spiritual context. The postmodernist really responds to this. Okay, because the postmodernist is intellectually wise. They're, they, they, don't, they don't like to hear the typical buzzwords that come out of Christianity. Okay, they want real answers. They don't want just a form of religion. They, don't, they know that doesn't work. They don't see it working in anybody or in few people. What they want is to real answers. And so if we can show them the, the seamless integration of body, mind, and spirit, right? We were created a living soul all together. You can't separate those. You can't separate them, okay? That concept really attracts the postmodern thinker. And eventually, since they accepted everything else, logically it makes sense to move to the spiritual realm and begin to explore that, begin to contemplate. Maybe I have been rejecting the very thing that I need to be healthy. But so many people say, well, yeah, I can, I can follow all these things. I can get on a good diet. I can do all these things you're talking about, but I've got bad genes. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? My problem is genetic. Frequently, that's, um, that's an answer that suggests, I'm really not interested in changing. Partly because they have been given an impression time and time again that they really can't change. Um, are, are we baffled by nutritional information? One day you're hearing that, you know, um, uh, meat causes heart disease because it has so much cholesterol. And the next day you hear that, hey, there's, there's this chemical in hamburger called butyrate that, that is, is a really effective chemical at lowering cholesterol. <laughs> and so what's the average person walk away with? I knew it. All <laughs> oh, these guys saying you shouldn't be eating meat. Okay, they're, they're just, you know, I don't know why they're saying that, but, but I have a study now that shows that there's chemicals in hamburger, butyrate, I don't even know the name of it, that lowers cholesterol, and therefore I'm going to eat more hamburger because I want to lower my cholesterol. <laughs> oh, but the researchers forgot to point out that there's about a thousand other chemicals in meat that actually increase cholesterol. So the net effect is, yeah, it's bad for the heart. <laughs> um, there, there's, how much time do I have? Stop me, okay? Or, or don't, whatever. You could just leave when you're done, okay? I'll just keep going. Um, the, there's two main, when I, when I give clinical seminars to patients, I want them to understand that there's really two main paradigms that cause disease. The most important one, the one that I think is most critical, is that 
they actually have a deficiency that creates the disease process. Now, at first, that might not seem right. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean deficiency? Okay. But chronic, uh, I like to first and foremost operate by the paradigm that chronic disease and health dysfunction is often caused, most of the time caused, by a deficiency or more, more uh, accurately, a whole slew of deficiencies. If we're on a standard American diet, even if we're on a better than a standard American diet, we are horribly deficient in all kinds of things. We are, we are lacking the amount of key nutrients, and not just nutrients, but plant-based chemicals that have a unique ability to alter the way genes work, to turn genes on and turn genes off. If we don't have enough, a sufficient amount of those key plant-based chemicals, we're not going to hit the tipping point. We're, we're not going to be able to actually activate the genes the way God actually designed them to be activated. <clears throat> we were designed to live how long? We were designed to live forever. But God in his wisdom, when he created us in, in, in a perfect way, in his image, he also put a tree in the garden called the tree of life. And unless, even in our perfect state, unless we ate of that tree of life consistently, what would happen? We could not be immortal. That's an interesting concept. What, what are we missing? What are the plant-based chemicals that we're missing today? So the, the assumption here is that because we do not presently have access to the tree of life, the fruit from the tree of life, we are unable to activate many genes that would dramatically slow the aging process, so much so that we would be immortal and would dramatically speed the healing process, where we would, we would go through I was going to say reverse evolution, but that's not true, okay, because we are going through reverse evolution already. You know, the, the, the second part, so that we have a deficiency, the second part is all the mutations that are occurring in our bodies. Aging is the, the sum accumulation of multiple mutations that occur. We're speeding the aging process as we follow strategies or follow behaviors that are increasing the mutation rate. What is causing all those mutations? Could it be that the choices that we make every day have a huge influence on mutation rate? Now, clearly the answer is yes, but we don't oftentimes think of it that way. So let's look at this. There was a, a study just in January of 2010 that looked at this concept of, of a deficiency that when properly addressed actually cured a significant genetic defect. Okay, people with Werner syndrome, 
It's the rapid aging disease. They begin to show accelerated signs of aging in their 20s. And they develop age-related disease and generally die before the age of 50. I remember when I was a um, high school student at Andrews University, my parents, being professors there, would invite freshmen to come in. And, um, and one, at one such party, I saw this young man, freshman in college, good looking, had prettiest girl in his arms coming into our, our home. Uh, a year later, I see him, and he, his hair is, is turning gray in huge patches. Uh, months and a year later, I see him in a wheelchair. Very rapid deterioration. He had some variant of this type of dreaded disease. And, and so the, what the researchers, these are Canadian researchers recently publishing this information, what they did is that they, they looked at mice who had this, this very similar genetic mutation and that they simply added vitamin C to the drinking water of these mice and it reversed accelerated aging. Now, I, I want you to think about what this means in the larger context. Historically, we've thought, well, if we just have enough vitamin C to prevent scurvy, we're good. That's what the RDA, RDIs are really based on. But is that adequate or sufficient to look at everything else that is related to this given nutrient, this one of many nutrients? So could it be that, well, let's finish the, uh, going over the study. These, so these mice were, were mutant mice, and, um, and uh, the researchers uh, before adding this vitamin C to their drinking water, the mice were mutated with the WRN gene. They were fat, diabetic, and were rapidly developing heart disease and cancer. Sound familiar? Correcting this relative insufficiency of vitamin C in the mutated mice led to improved fat burning, decreased tissue inflammation. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Okay, and significant less oxidative stress. When we have oxidative stress in the body, that causes mutations in our DNA, setting ourselves up for all kinds of other problems. So after treatment, the mutant mice were as healthy and lived as long as the non-mutant mice. Okay, so we all have, we're all mutants, by the way. Did you know that? We're all mutants. We're all sinners. We have all experienced significant degeneration in our health. We were born mutants. One of the greatest challenges to evolutionary theory is the, is the new recognition that 99.9% .9 of all mutations are detrimental to the human genome. So the whole concept of forward evolution has no basis in good science. The primary axiom of evolution is that you have mutations that have to be beneficial, and then through natural selection, we 
improve the species. Show me the evidence. There's so many of our young people going to college these days, walk even in our own universities, walk away believing in evolution because they have to be taught the, the true science. Rubbish. That's not the true science. Read uh, Dr. John Sanford's book, Genetic Entropy. Our genes have deteriorated dramatically, 95% since its origins. Talk about studies of origin. That's what evolutionists are interested in. Do we have something to share to, with them? Ellen White has made a statement that always intrigued me. When I was in eighth grade, I read through all of her writings, and I was fascinated. I couldn't understand why people were upset about this legalistic thing. He says, wow. He says, if, if we just took advantage of this information, just think how much healthier and fitter we could be in, a, in the whole sense of the word. It's, it's beautiful information. She said, had not Adam and Eve been created with 19 times greater vital force than men and women have today, life on this planet would by now have been extinct. You think God's just going to wait for another couple thousand years before he comes? It's not in our genes. He can't wait any longer. We're in the last generation. We, our genome has degraded 95% already. I believe that's why the occultic New Age movement has embraced our health message better than us. Why? Because the devil has been so effective at destroying our health that he's now playing catch. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. We've got to get everybody healthier so, they live, so I can be around a little bit longer and finish what my, my task. Do you believe that? Yeah, he, he was so effective at destroying the human genome that he had to back off and say, hey, let's get everybody interested in health again because otherwise I'm not going to be able to finish what I started to do. Plus, eventually somebody's going to get their act together and present this health message in such a powerful way that they're, they're going to basically transform the world and attract the world to Jesus. So now you have anti-Christian New Agers that are openly anti-Christ presenting almost verbatim the major aspects of our health message. Okay? We can still regain, regain uh, the, the, the lead if we are bold about this. Um, so... <coughs> The key is that unless we are consuming a largely plant-based diet, our genome is under fire. Our genome is mutating. You know that you can get well over 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C if you just eat lots of green leafy vegetables and colorful vegetables and, and berries and fruits and so forth. Don't, don't get satisfied with getting your 60 to 90 milligram RDI. 
that's just enough for you to live a normal, healthy life. What's a normal, healthy life? Heart attacks by 55, <laughs> cancer by 70, feel bad after 30. That's normal, right? That's, you don't want to be normal. Okay? But <clears throat> it's normal to have prediabetes or diabetes. By the, time, by the time you're 40 or 50, the majority of adults have either prediabetes or diabetes. Which means if you haven't checked, chances are there's a 50% chance that you have prediabetes or diabetes, but you just never check. Think it'd be a good idea to check that out? A few years ago, Dr. Randy Jertle, the a, a evolutionist, a genomic specialist at Duke University, did a study on the agouti mice and demonstrated that if he gave these fat yellow mice that were genetically bred to exp express a yellow coat rather than a brown coat, obesity, diabetes, and cancer. If, if he gave the pregnant mama fat yellow mice the right nutrients, special nutrients called methylators, vitamin B12, folic acid, etc., that when the babies were born, they came out brown, lean, non-diabetic, did not go on to develop cancer. The only difference was that they had the right nutrients at the right times. We could talk all day about this new information. It's so fascinating. Um, the, the bottom line was is that they had figured out a way that you could change the way the genes work. These mice right here are genetically identical. Never, never think it's a genetic condition and therefore I can do nothing about it. The vast majority of the genes in our body do not actually code for protein. They actually change the way the other genes code for protein. In other words, a given gene will, will produce a certain effect, okay? But other genes, when turned on or turned off by the right nutrients, the right foods, the right attitude, that could, that's a whole different topic, actually changes the way those genes work. Okay, you, you just saw an example of having a simple nutrient totally turned off, locked down a gene. The gene was still there, but it locked down the gene that causes accelerated aging in the worst way. It locked it down, turned it off. What are we missing? You, you see the potential implications of this information and how you could easily move into what else am I missing? Okay, where people, people are saying, you know, I, all my life I have believed this and this new information is totally transformed. I had, I had to completely rearrange my ideas about this to make sure that this new scientific fact fit my construct, okay? So what else am I missing? What else, what else have, have I been, believed all my life that is just 
patently, uh, patently untrue. You think now they're going to be a little bit more open to, you know, I've been rejecting God, thinking that it's just a group of people that are trying to control me, tell me what I can and can't do. But in reality, God has, God loves me, and he's showing me a path that can literally transform me physically, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. Um, so, so the, the more you get of the right uh, nutrients, the, the more these baby mice come out with locked genes that, pre, uh, that previously had caused significant damage. So we have over 25,000 genes based on the, the Human Genome Project that was just concluded in, in 2000, March of 2000. Cost $3 billion, but you know, that there's a new project underway, the Human Epigenetic Project, where they're looking at how other non-genetic factors influence our genes. And that is infinitely more complex than our genes. So God designed us in a way where we can really, literally, change the way our body is expressed from the inside out. Um, let me, let, actually, let me end with, because um, I'm pretty much done, right? Oh, seven. Okay, let me back up. <laughs> um, Harvard, th there's been new information on how inflammation affects our health. I remember, oh, this was probably 27 years ago, I was in a class at Loma Linda University, Dr. Richard Neal's class, Lifestyle Disease and Risk Reduction. Amazing class. A visiting professor was giving a talk, and, uh, and he, he read a quote from Ellen White that talked about how inflammation significantly caused disease and how eating certain things, like meat, for instance, dramatically increased inflammation. As soon as he finished reading that, that quote, a distinguished gentleman in, who was taking the class, he was a physician coming back after many years of practice to get his master's of public health. He raised his hand and he says, you know, I really am offended by you using my valuable time in this class to read something that has no basis in fact whatsoever. Save your philosophy and your theology for somebody else, but don't bring it into this class. Wow. He couldn't have been more wrong scientifically. He was a good man. He believed sincerely what he said. But his knowledge was minuscule compared to what we know now, 27 years later. Now, if you spend any time in the medical literature, you understand that inflammation is a huge problem to our health. You can run, you can run certain tests that give you significant clues about your risk for cancer or heart disease or diabetes simply by looking at the cardiac CRP, the highly sensitive form of this inflammatory molecule called CRP. 
It's not a perfect test. It doesn't tell us where it's coming from. It, it just tells us there's a problem. You have inflammation. Okay? What is causing this inflammation? Well, Harvard, Dr. Walter Willett and colleagues at Harvard caught on to this a few years ago. And they said, let's use our health professional follow-up study and figure out what is it. What is it in the diet in particular that most closely correlates with high levels of cardiac CRP in the blood of these doctors who have been in our study for over 20 years? Right? 50,000 or more doctors in this study. They discovered that there was four main primary inflammatory foods. The first one was processed meat. So if, if, if you're talking to somebody about encouraging them to, to decrease their personal risk for cancer, heart disease, diabetes, to help them feel better, to decrease their risk of neurologic dysfunction, Alzheimer's, etc., get them off processed meat. It's one of the most inflammatory foods. Red meat increases the risk of diabetes by 30% in just eight years in the study. But processed meat increased that three times higher, 300%. Okay, so that's a, a place to start. Okay. Uh, we'll look in, in a few minutes at, at some of the new research on why processed meats in particular are causing so much inflammation and, and the consequences of that. Second one was refined grains. So all vegetarians take note. Okay, being vegetarian is not in of itself sufficient for good health. The, probably the biggest problem, calorically speaking, is the amount of refined grain that is consumed in our society worldwide. White flour, white rice, um, white bread, on and on and on. They're extremely inflammatory. Harvard did the big study. Third food is pretty logical. Candy, sodas, and so forth. Cakes. But the fourth category wasn't even a food at all. It was diet sodas. A lot of people think, hey, it's totally vegetarian, right? Right, diet soda? Totally vegetarian, okay? Must be good. Doesn't even have any calories. Okay, talk about, I'm on a fast. I'm on a diet soda fast. No calories. Isn't that a good thing? No, it's a horrible thing. Diet sodas actually cause weight gain, cause diabetes. It turns on the diabetic gene. Okay? And if you don't understand it because, you know, it doesn't have calories, how can it be bad? Well, think about taking pesticides. There's no calories. <laughs> right? You see the, the logical problem that we have sometimes in making decisions? Okay. Um, so it was, it was uh, uh, in Isaiah. I love this. I show this to all my patients. Okay. Uh, from uh, a, the paraphrase in the message, why do you spend your money on junk food, your hard-earned cash on cotton candy? Listen to me. Listen well. Eat only the best. Fill yourself with only the finest. Okay. This can be applied all the way around. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Okay. Um, just, le just let me finish. Go ahead. Can I give a brief testimonial? Brief. 
can you just wait for a second and then and then we'll okay. Okay. All right. Um, boy, okay. I'm I'm jumping through stuff here. It's really good, but <laughs> no. um, just recently, I promised I'd, I'd finish with Dr. Varkey. He is a um, physician who went on to train in hematology, and, and because he was so curious, he was so thirsty, he just wanted to know as much as possible about life, about the body, and how to help patients, that he would pay attention to things. He wouldn't just dismiss them and follow, follow a cookbook system of treat this if this, and he was always asking, why, 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 why? Have you ever been irritated by somebody asking why, why, why? Well, it's a good thing. It's, we need to ask. He discovered what I have called now the perfect storm. If, if you want to come up with a perfect plan to subtly promote cancer and heart disease, you can follow this plan. To see there's... There, and he's a, a co-director of the Glycobiology Research Center at University of California, San Diego. And what he discovered a few years ago was that, was that there are these little protein sugar uh, uh, molecules that extend from the membrane of all living cells, of all cells. And these, these tentacles are like receptacles that communicate with all other cells and everything else in the body and in the blood. And he discovered that, that animals have this neuromanic acid, 5-GC, but humans have the neuromanic acid, 5-AC. So when, the, when we make our own glycocalyx, this, this um, fuzzy coat, if you will, on the surface of our cells, that's what helps the body and the immune system recognizes that as us and protects it. But if we have any 5GC glycocalyx on our cell surface, now the immune system goes, hey, that's not, that's not me. I'm going to attack it. You see, we're not, gonna we're not supposed to have any of this animal 5A, uh, 5GC neuromanic acid. But you know what? That most humans have it on their self-surfaces, even though we don't generate it. It's supposed to be genetically generated, so where does it come from? What he discovered was, and I'm telling you the very short version of the story, is that when we consume red meat or dairy products, we're actually incorporating huge amounts of this animal-based glycocalyx into our, own into our own system. So now the immune system recognizes this as ourselves as animal, not as human, and generates antibodies against it. What then happens is what I've called the perfect storm. So this, these antibodies are being generated to fight this, and as the antibodies are, uh, that increases inflammation, which you can measure. The inflammation is just high enough that now it actually stimulates the uptake of more of this 5GC from the diet. And that's how tumors grow. 
he discovered that all you got to do to make cancers, you know, these slow-growing cancers, breast cancer, colon cancer, very slow, all you got to do is make sure you're giving them from some 5-GC that gets incorporated intact from the diet, absorbed through the, the uh, epithelial cells of the gut, go right into all the cells of her body, get incorporated, antibodies are produced, inflammation goes up, these cancer growth factors increase, that then stimulates oxidative stress, which causes DNA mutations, okay, which further increases inflammation, and the cancer grows. Particularly alarming to me is that there's 20 times more of this neuraminic acid in the brain and the nervous tissue than there is any, in any other cell line in the body, which means that we're susceptible to incorporating this into our brains. And the studies in peer-reviewed literature are suggesting that this is likely one of the reasons why Alzheimer's and other dementias and even certain mood disorders and schizophrenia have been increasing, okay? It's related, okay? So the key is, do we have ample evidence and information to effectively present to our family, to our community, and share with them ways that they can dramatically improve their health? Um, so um, let's, just, let's just end there, and let, let's just end with a prayer. <clears throat> Father, I just, I just want to thank you for this amazing health message that you've entrusted to us. Give us wisdom, Lord, so that we can present it effectively, that we can present it in a way that attracts people to you. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.